we praise him and um, that we want to praise our God and, and glorify him and um, give thanks to God for what he's done in us. And this morning we're going to focus on um, how we can put um, God in the box, whatever you're coming with your expectations or thinking of this Easter morning. And we're going to be um, reading from Matthew chapter 28, verses um, 1 to 10. After the Sabbath, oh, we didn't be like Mark get up first. I'm not sure if he is. Just check. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He is not here for he has been raised as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples. He has been raised from the dead and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said greetings. And they came to him, took hold of his feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. Amen. We we sometimes treat Jesus like he he's not alive. That the the impact of the cross hasn't made a difference, hasn't impacted the world around us. But the life and death of Jesus and his resurrection has transformed the world that we know. And um, whether you're a Christian or not, or believe in Jesus or not, your life has been impacted by Jesus Christ, his life, his death, and his resurrection, and by the teachings of Jesus and by the teaching of his followers who followed him. And, and taught the world around them that actually from the period of where Jesus after the resurrection and where um, the disciples spoke in Acts 2 to the people in Jerusalem where thousands believed in Jesus and followed him um, to a few hundred years later on there was 25 million people who said they were Christians and that was before the Roman Empire, the Christianity was formalized in the Roman Empire. 25 million people who accepted Jesus Christ as Lord over a 300, 400 year period. That's quite incredible, quite amazing. When the people were persecuted at that time to be put to death by saying that Jesus Christ is Lord, it was an amazing decision and challenge for them to say, I will follow Jesus. And from today, from then till today, we can say today there's going to be around one million people who are saying that he is risen, that Jesus is Lord from many different traditions, churches and faiths. One billion people who are declaring that I have experienced the risen Lord. Amen. We may, they may not have experienced him physically and seen, his, seen the wounds in his hands. They may not have witnessed his physical resurrection, but they have re- witnessed his spiritual, um, the Holy Spirit within their lives would witness this, that this is true. That I believe this. So if you don't believe in Jesus Christ today, 
to think about one billion people declaring that he is risen, that he is Lord. And Jesus calls us to live for him. And do you imagine if one billion people decided to seriously live for God? One billion people decided to say, I'm going to take up this faith. I'm going to take up this cross, believe in Jesus and follow him. Imagine how quickly our world will be transformed and changed and renewed by God. So it's not impossible to see six billion people come to faith in our world. It's, it's a possibility of Christians can live in the power of the resurrection, of knowing that Jesus is risen and what that means for our lives. Maybe you're not a Christian this morning. I want to um, try and, as you may have seen already, I'm trying to convince you to become a Christian. Maybe, maybe you've come here this morning and logged in and trying to find a, an Easter service that you can can join. Maybe you go to church um, just at Easter and Christmas and um, you're most welcome here and, and we're really excited that you're, you are coming to church, whether it be just in Christmas or Easter, you're really welcome. But um, we just hope you don't get fed up because you might come up every Easter and every Christmas and think it's the same same hymns and the same sermon every time you come. But we trust you at different times of year we are talking about different things and we would encourage you to come along. Perhaps some of you are... are um, um, you only come to church. You you only come to church at Easter. Maybe some of you are thinking, "Well, I have to, I have to be, a, I have to come at church because it's Easter, and I, I can't avoid it." And and maybe you'd be in church, and maybe the church would be the person who'd be sitting with their their arms folded and and thinking, mm, "Here we go again. Have to go for another sermon. Have to do this." Or maybe maybe you're not sitting with your your arms physically folded, but but spiritually and within your heart and mind, your arms are folded, and you're not ready to receive what God has got to say to you through Jesus Christ. But I would like, if you're not a Christian, to challenge you to think about becoming a Christian, and in, in spite of the fact that you might know some Christians, um, in spite of the fact you may have worked with a Christian, in spite of the fact that maybe you've been married to a Christian in spite of the fact that you maybe grew up with a bunch of Christians, in spite of the fact that you might think all Christians are hypocrite, in spite of your bad church experience, I want you to consider it. In spite of the fact that you might had at school, somebody pulled out a science card and you decided this makes my whole faith crumble and, and fall apart, I can't explain it, it's just too difficult. And um, and um, you've never looked back and you've just thought it's, it's all a myth. Um, even if it's even if that's your experience, I want you to consider it. Even though you've had maybe pain in your life, maybe you're suffering now, maybe financially suffering, maybe physically suffering, um, maybe you lost um, you lost somebody that you love, um, maybe you lost somebody you loved who was a believer, and, and um, you can't understand that, and you can't quite grasp why a good God would let suffering in heart, in death, into the world. And in spite of those very, very difficult questions, in spite of all your questions, um, the questions that perhaps we can never fully answer for you, maybe the questions that you never get fully answered in this life, I would like you to consider at least becoming a follower of Jesus because of Easter. Because Easter is a kind of of experience which impacts your life and will change it forever because it encounters you not with Christians, not with church, not with religion, but with Jesus Christ and who he is. And when we encounter Jesus Christ, I believe we can never be the same. Mm -hmm. When we encounter him through his word, 
and through the Bible, we cannot be the same. When we take up the, the, the teachings of Jesus and actually start to live them and believe them and put them into our lives and practice, when we know there's a Holy Spirit who is coming, who's a comforter, who will give us understanding in all our challenges and difficulties, we cannot be the same. Jesus is our living hope. And that's one of the songs that we sing, that he is our living hope because of Easter. Jesus reveals God's love for us. It was because he loved the world and sought to rescue the world that he sent Jesus. That's amazing, isn't it? Jesus, God loves you. He loves you so much that he sent Jesus into the world to reconcile you with him. Because all of us fell short of, of God's glory, of having a relationship with God. All of us fell when Adam fell in the Garden of Eden. All of us fell, you know, from that point on, sin entered the world and death and darkness and suffering and despair. But that wasn't God's intentions for us. God's intention for us was not to suffer, but to have eternal life, to have joy and be in his presence, to be in relationship with him. And God sent Jesus Christ to restore that so that we could be in the relationship that God always intended for us as human beings he sent jesus to suffer death on the cross at the hands of his own creation to bring reconciliation that he was the sacrificial lamb that his blood set us free that his blood defeated sin and death so praise be to our god and our father that through our lord jesus christ he has given us mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of jesus christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. Then this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trial. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible, glorious joy. That's from First Peter isn't that amazing? Even though you haven't seen him, you believe in him and you're filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. And that's what God wants to do in the midst of this coronavirus, in the middle of this of this despair and heart and, and what many people are going. God wants us to fill us with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Not a joy that's about happiness and we're all happy, but a joy that says that even in the midst of suffering and pain, that I know who I belong to, that I belong to God that he loves me, that even though that I may face death and trials and difficulties, God has the best for me and that God is with me and that my destination is heaven and I will be with him no matter what happens. And even though our brothers and sisters who have passed away from coronavirus, they are with God in heaven, they are with him. And so we give thanks this resurrection morning that they are resurrected, that they are with Christ in heaven because he has resurrected. And we see the symbols of Easter as well. Maybe you've seen some of the symbols, the cross, that even on the cross, when Jesus was suffering and in pain, and, and that's a terrible death on the cross where you suffocate, where you've got wounds and nails and hurts and pains, where for hours and hours you're gasping for breath in the midst of the pain and the hurt. That Jesus wasn't to curse people or to, to curse God, but he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He could have raged at those who did this great injustice to him, yet on the cross Jesus shows compassion, which cries out on the cross, it is finished, I have defeated sin and death, and my hope is yours now, the resurrection that I'm going to experience is for you now, and that you have no fear 
of death, death. It's an unbelievable grace, a compassion for a thief on the cross who was sorry for his actions. And Jesus told him today, you'll be with me in paradise. Isn't that amazing that even, even on the deathbed, even the last moments of life, God has compassion. If only turn to him and say, have mercy on me. I see who you are and I see who I am. And I want to know you and be like you. And I want to be the place where you are. And that's this morning we come and say, I want to be the place where Jesus is going. I want to live the life that Jesus, the tomb could not hold him. Sin and death was defeated on the cross. And the empty tomb is the greatest sign of his victory. He is risen from the dead and we will rise with him. Isn't that amazing? A living hope that we have that we will rise with him. No matter what comes in this life, temporary or short term or, or long term, whatever suffering, pains, difficulties we challenge, we face, challenges we face, that our hope is in him, that he has risen from the dead, the tomb is empty and we will rise with him. Our, our graves are empty, our tombs are empty because only our physical bodies will be there because we will be with him in heaven. Amen. Amen. That's amazing. And even Jesus, when he, we remember the story of Lazarus and Lazarus was a, a friend of Jesus with Mary and Martha, his sisters. And um, Lazarus died and Jesus was in Jerusalem. And um, the news was sent out that, that Lazarus was sick. But by the time that Jesus had got to Bethany, where Lazarus was, he was dead for four days. And pretty much dead for four days means mean dead. You know, there is no hope of coming back to life. That The diagnosis of death is right. Um, there's no mistakes. And he went to, he went to that tomb and he met, he met Mary and he met Martha and he wept. He wept to that tomb and Martha came, came to her and said, Lord, um, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live, even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this, Martha? Do you believe that? Do you believe that? You know, Jesus didn't say, I'm going to resurrect Lazarus from the dead. That I'm going to bring him out to me. He said, you know, I'm going to bring my life. He said, I am the resurrection and the life standing Amen. before Martha was not just a man, but the, the fully God, fully man, God incarnate, who said, I am the resurrection of life. The one who stands before you has the power over life and death. Isn't that incredible? And so the one we worship Easter morning has the power over life and death. He is the resurrection and the life. He has victory and we walk in that. And then Jesus said to Lazarus, come out. Because if he hadn't said Lazarus, come out, probably the whole graveyard would have come out. And the one who is on the cross, the one who is in the tomb, is the resurrection of life. He is the one who overcomes death and sin. And even after um, Jesus' resurrection, we get this amazing encounter where where the women go to the tomb and they, they discover that the tomb is empty, that Jesus is risen. And they get this message to go back to tell his brothers, the disciples, that he is risen. And in fearfulness and joy, the women go back expressing 
that he has risen, that something has incredible happened, that tomb is empty, God has moved, God has done something incredible. And here, there has a woman go back to meet Jesus, and he says, look, I'm alive, I'm risen, I'm here, I've done what God's called me to do, I'm going to move in power. And the disciples are told to go and meet Jesus in um, Galilee, and they, they will meet him there, and he will, he will share with them. But even even later on, in John 20, verse 19, it tells us even after the, these, 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 these incredible experiences that, that they knew that Jesus was risen from the dead, that the disciples were still fearful, that the doors of the house that they met together, they locked the doors, they shut the windows, they shut the shutters, they hid in there because they, 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 they were locked because they had a fear of the Jews, they had the fear of those around them that they might face death and pain and heart, that they might be persecuted, that Jesus has been killed, that they might be killed, so they were fearful. And after, after the resurrected Jesus appears to them, uh, um, we meet a different group of, of disciples in Acts chapter 2. He meets them and he breathes his breath upon them. He fills them with the Holy Spirit and says, my peace be with you. My goodness, be that bunch of disciples who were hiding in fear. Jesus soon have said, my peace be with you. Should have given them a, a kick and said, come on, I'm alive. Get on with the mission. You're a useless bunch of disciples. But he doesn't say that. My peace be with you. And he says, I don't matter, matter how fearful you are, how useless you feel, how, how disappointed you feel, how hard, hard, much your heart is breaking, how much loss you feel, how disappointed you are in God. He said, my peace is with you. And I'm going to fill you with my Holy Spirit. And if you accept that and believe that, you will be transformed and changed forever. And in Acts chapter 2, we meet the disciples. And they're meeting in an upper room. They're waiting to be filled with the promise of the Holy Spirit that God said would bring them power. And my goodness me, it brought them power. It transformed them and changed them to a group of fearful men and women and people who followed Jesus. To people who were empowered by the Holy Spirit. That they, the power of the Holy Spirit came upon them and they spoke in tongues. They cried out in tongues of all the nations around them. And then Peter got up and spoke to them. And he, he told them that this Jesus Christ, who is who they killed, is alive, that he is risen again, that he is victorious over death, that he was amongst them, but they didn't, they didn't recognize him. And they put him on the cross and they nailed him to death and the, the, the resurrection of life was put upon that cross. The Savior, the Messiah was put on the cross and he preached to the people, Peter, and he convinced the people that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. And they said, the one you crucified is the Lord of lords and the King of kings. He is the one who comes to give life. And the, the people who listened to Peter, they repented when they heard about Jesus and who he was and what he'd done in the repentance. And how can we be saved? How would John Wesley say to, would say, how do we flee from the wrath to come? How can we be saved? How can you be saved? But you call in the name of Jesus because when you call in the name of Jesus and you say, Jesus, I believe who you are. I heard your word. I might not fully understand it. I might not be able to fully grasp it. I may not get everything in my head, but I know who you are and I believe in you and I believe that you died for me, that I might overcome sin and death. And I pray that today, Father, you will come into my life, that I know who you are on that cross and resurrection that with those that the 500 people witnessed Jesus rise from the dead, his disciples and others, and 1 billion people today 
cry out that he is Lord. There must be something to that. There must be something more than perhaps than you're thinking in your mind of who Jesus is. So how can you cry out, like Peter said, repent and believe in him. Turn away from your own life. Turn away from your sinfulness. Turn away from your own desires and follow Jesus. Believe in him. Turn to the Bible. See how Jesus lived in righteousness and lived like Jesus. Accept who he, that he is God, that he died for our sins. And when we believe him, we return to our true intention and who we're meant to be in Jesus Christ. So turn to him. We're not talking about cleverly device, cleverly decide myths or religion. We are witnessing, we're witnesses to Jesus and we are making known to you the power and the coming of Jesus Christ. We are witnesses to his majesty, love and compassion. We have heard the words, Father forgive them for they know what they, they know not what they are doing. We have taken up the call to follow him and being disciples. Millions and millions of people have taken up that call to be disciples. And we want more Christians, even Christians, and if you're not a Christian, to take up that call to be a disciple seriously. And if you're not, if you're a Christian today and you haven't taken that call up to be a disciple seriously today, today's a day to believe in him and to take up that call to discipleship and follow him and believe in him. So therefore, as the darkness of doubt is illuminated with the resurrection of Jesus. His light will shine in your dark places and the light and glory of Jesus illuminates in your hearts. So it's not my job to convince you because it's only, the, it's only to make you aware of the Holy Spirit and of the words of Jesus to plant those seeds that, that the Holy Spirit may convince you to believe in him and follow you. But God is speaking to you now and calling you to follow him. How will you respond let's pray father god we just thank you for our lord jesus christ we thank you for his love we thank you for his presence we thank you for his death on the cross that he defeated sin and death so father we pray now that you will you will speak into the hearts of our people who are listening whether they're christian or not christian whether they just come to church on easter or christmas lord whoever the people are that you may speak into the hearts that you may can them and convince them through your Holy Spirit to be your disciples, to follow you and to live for you in your power and your glory. And Father, we just pray for those whose hearts who are responding to you now. And we just pray that, I pray that they will pray this prayer with me and just ask Jesus into your life now. So Father, I pray that you will come into my life, that you will transform me. I accept that Jesus Christ is Lord and I recognize it's my sin that put him upon that cross, but he said he forgives us and we accept that forgiveness and we respond to that forgiveness in Jesus' name. And I turn to him and I proclaim that I will be a disciple of Jesus, knowing that my sins are forgiven, that I've been delivered by Jesus Christ and I will follow him and learn of him. So I give you my life this morning and I will follow you, Jesus. Please take my life that I might be your disciple and be with my Father in heaven forever. Amen. So thank you, God, for your love. Thank you for Easter that we can celebrate your presence and be with us as we continue to worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.